Welcome to the Embedded Church Podcast, where we share stories about reweaving the connections between place, the built environment, and the mission of God. Season 5 of the Embedded Church Podcast is sponsored in partnership with the Ormond Center at Duke Divinity School. The mission of Ormond Center is to foster the imagination, will, and ability of congregations and communities to be agents of thriving. I'm Eric Jacobson. And I'm Sarah Joy Propay, and we'll be your hosts on today's episode of the Embedded Church Podcast. Hello to all of our listeners. Welcome back to Season 5 of the Embedded Church Podcast. Crazy to think that we are already on Season 5, but I know everybody has been anxiously waiting. I'm excited to announce to all of our listeners that the theme for Season 5 is Outside the Box, Placemaking and Gospel Mission Beyond the Church Walls. Can I get some excitement from my co-host for that? Okay, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so Placemaking and Gospel Mission Beyond the Church Walls. Placemaking is something that we've talked a lot about on this podcast. And for those of you who are tuning in for the first time, you may not be that familiar with the term. Go back to season four. We unpack placemaking a lot. But in case you don't want to go back to season four, even though it's really great, we're going to unpack it again, just so you're a little bit aware of what placemaking is. And for me, my definition might be a little bit different than my co-host, Eric, but I always pose placemaking with churches as this idea that you've spent a lot of time probably thinking about the interior of your property, but have you thought much about the exterior? What are you communicating to the neighborhood at large? And I think that placemaking is a way to really convey that message of truth, beauty, and goodness to those living, working, and playing around you. So it's how we create the places that have shared meaning and shared value with those in our community. And in my mind, it's a lot of times an emphasis on public space because that is the space that we share with our neighbors. I like to think of placemaking in those kinds of terms of how the church can be active in creating those environments for us to come together as community members, as neighbors to know one another and begin to know Jesus in real deep ways. What about you? Fortunately for us, we have in the studio with us today or virtually in the studio with us today, we have... Chris Elisara, one of our partners who directs the placemaking studio for the Ormond Center. So I'm very curious what Chris has to say about placemaking. How would you define that term, Chris? Hey, first of all, I just want to say it's great to be back again with the silver voices of placemaking on this podcast, bringing these ideas to the church and for us to be supporting you with that at the Ormond Center. Here's what I say in terms of placemaking. It's the art of designing and making places that are commensurate with human thriving for all aligning the way that we make our places commence with last season's theme of shalom. That's a very encompassing way of thinking about it, but public and private, what happens in the church for worship, and but also public, engaging that. And it's for all, and it's really about making the places have an end, and the end is shalom. Yeah. Justice, goodness, peace, right. all that community goodness. It's a short definition, but I think it's powerful when you unpack it. What would you add, Eric? Well, you guys gave a really comprehensive definition. I might go a little curveball, though, because I agree with both of your definitions. But from where I sit, I feel like placemaking has to include the social capital dimension oh, yeah. 
Um, I feel like it's really important to get the pieces in place. You can create a community that really is antisocial and, and a, a lot of suburban life uh, looks that way and feels that way. But some of the alternatives to create walkable, dense places, places that are inviting, all that is super important to get that right. So you guys are spot on there. But I also think that our culture has really lost some of the habits and practices of building community and sustaining community through walking around and visiting and just getting to know each other. Uh, it does sometimes take some effort to build in the human component of placemaking. That once we get all the set pieces in place and get the churches doing the kind of thing that you're talking about, Sarah Joy, or the public spaces to really work, then need to encourage people to utilize those spaces well. We've got a great neighborhood. It's a place worth caring about. Somebody's done some good placemaking in our neighborhood. And yet, there's a lot of people who live here that don't come out of their apartments very often. And so right. I spent a lot of effort trying to coax people out and introducing people to one another and doing some programming and some kind of weird events just to encourage folks to get out there. So for me, placemaking has to include that human component at the end of the day. Totally. And I always tell churches, when you're engaging placemaking and you're creating these places on your property or helping cultivate them in the neighborhood, you have to inhabit them yourselves. Don't just build them and let other people inhabit them. Come out and inhabit them yourselves. This will come out, I think, in this season. Um, and, and I know in just a moment, we're going to talk about the season. But one of the things I think is going to come out is as we talk with these leaders about various initiatives and programs they're doing, one of the questions I'm always asking, and I think you're thinking about this too, Sarah Joy, is like, okay, you're doing this urban farm. That's awesome. But how is that changing your relationship with the neighbors? How is that changing how your congregation thinks about the neighborhood and communicates with people there? So it's a lot of that, what's happening with the relationships and the way we're framing the relationships in these places we inhabit. I think the way we talk about that too is in terms of it's best when you're place making to do it in a collaborative and incremental process. Yeah. Yep. Where people are jointly loving the community and the places that come together, they making them together. It's a joint loving and caring process. And people come out and enjoy that and be inhabit those together. So yeah, we're all on the same page, but that's not surprising, is it? Right. <laughs> nah, we go way back. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully our listeners who have just tuned in are now oriented a bit to placemaking. And those who've been listening all along, hopefully this just reiterates what you've heard and maybe even adds a fresh point or two to your framework already. This season, we're going to do six deep dive place studies. And the six topics that Eric and I have chosen to focus on include food access, social infrastructure, art, the role of the third place, engaging the labor force, and workforce housing. So we're going to take each one of these topics and we're going to unpack it more in depth with a particular church that's engaging in one of these places. And just very excited to hear what people are doing because there's a lot of good stories out there. Yeah, I love the lineup this year. I think we've got some great um, topics. One thing that I'm really excited about, in addition to the lineup of place studies that we have, is how we're going to be widening the conversation this year. We're going to be bringing in some folks from a variety of disciplines and expertise that can really help fill in and color in the story a little more fully. So we're going to have some sociologists or historians or architects or planners, uh, just folks who can give us a little bit more, like when somebody drops a 
word or a little segment of a story, they can tell us a little more what's going on and help, I think, our listeners really get into that story and understand how it might apply into their situation as well. So I'm really excited about uh, a little more curated uh, conversation with more voices going on, which I think is going to be really helpful for our listeners. Chris, we got something else lined up for this season that I think is exciting too. Do you want to tell our listeners about that? Really excited that we're going to have a virtual community forum for our listeners. A touch point after the conversation that we have for them to join the conversation. So after every episode, there will be an opportunity to to have a conversation with us. The details we'll send you later, but you can sign up for these conversations and bring the listeners in, in sharing with us, sharing with other listeners, and that kind of peer-to-peer conversation, I think it's going to take us to another level. And and I'm really excited about that dimension that we're adding this season. Yeah, me too. I can't wait to have conversations with our listeners. I'm always curious what they're thinking. So here's the opportunity to hear. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that sums up the plan for season five. I hope that everybody will tune in. Episode one will be launching in just a couple of weeks. So if you haven't subscribed on your podcast platform, please do so because then it'll automatically load and you'll be ready to listen when it releases at like midnight, which I expect all of y'all to be up listening, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I'm, I know I'm listening at midnight. <laughs> that's, that's listening what I'm... party, listening party. That's right. With our release of season five, we also want our listeners to know that we are releasing episodes on a monthly basis. That way you'll have plenty of time to tune in. And in between each episode is when we'll be hosting the virtual community forums so that we can talk about the episode that has just been released. Keep note in your calendar. It won't be a lot to keep up with in terms of listening, just one episode a month, but hopefully a very full and robust episode that will provide a lot of insight around these particular place studies that we'll be doing. I think I think our listeners are going to need at least a month to really digest all the good stuff they're going to hear. Yeah, it's it's going to probably yeah, for sure. yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us again. And we're excited to be sponsored again this season by the Foreman Center Studio for Placemaking and to have Chris Alisara representing that team. He'll be joining in with us on the podcast in various formats, particularly the CODA. That's where y'all have heard him in the past. You'll hear him there again. Excited to have him on board. Thank you. We're so glad you tuned in for another episode of the Embedded Church Podcast. Check out the show notes for links to resources and other information related to this episode. If you'd like to connect with us about the work we're doing, we'd love to hear from you. You can send us an email at info at embeddedchurch.com or leave a voice message on our feedback line by calling 760-527-3260. Follow us on Instagram at Embedded Church Podcast and visit our website, www.embeddedchurch.com. Finally, thank you to our Season 5 sponsors at Ormond Center and to all our faithful listeners and supporters who have joined with us on this journey. We are honored and encouraged. Until next time, be well.